So, how many of y'all been keeping up with this whole Dante Wright? Uh-oh, I got to turn my light on. How many of y'all been keeping up with this whole Dante Wright, Kim Porter, Kim Potter trial? Anybody been keeping up with this thing? I know I haven't. I haven't really been keeping up with it. Um, and the reason why I haven't been keeping up with it is because the cop who shot him she should be found. Well, she should have been found guilty, which she was. Um, basically. All right, I think my volume's back. So, anyways, I was saying that she should have been found guilty because um, you know, you can't be a cop for like 20-something years like her and make a mistake like that. So she gotta she gotta go sit down. You know what I'm saying? She had to go sit down. Now, how much time will she get? I have no idea. But I believe that they made the right call. And that's, probably, that's pretty much why I wasn't keeping up with it, because it was clear as day that she was going to be found guilty. Like I said, you can't, you can't be making mistakes like that. All right? So, you know, that's kind of that's, that's kind of why I really haven't been paying much attention to it. But, but. How many of y'all actually know about Dante Wright? How many of y'all actually know about this dude other than him being um, George Floyd 2.0? How many of y'all know about this dude's background, man? I heard tidbits here and there, but I saw a story come across the wire today. I was like, wow, this dude, Dante... This dude, Dante, might have been uh, worse than George Floyd in terms of his uh, lack of contribution to the community. <laughs> so we're going to we're going to go ahead and go through this so y'all can get an introduction to who Dante Wright was. And then, um, you know, y'all can make your own decisions. He says he was the biracial George Floyd. <laughs> Hey, listen, we ain't gonna be talking about biracials out there. Nah, but nah, he was uh he was slightly, in my opinion, based off of what I know, he was he was uh worse than George Floyd. He was worse than George Floyd, you know what I mean? Shout out to my man C over. If you guys out there want to know how to get your YouTube channels funky fresh to death, go holler at my man C over. He be out there putting y'all on game. Shout out to Lee Roy B. So he comes to me for the real news. I try to give you the real news. I try. But let's check out who Dante Wright was real quick. Dante Wright. This guy was a savage, ladies and gentlemen. So this is coming from the Daily Mail. Says he was either going to be in prison, kill someone, or be killed. How Dante Wright led a life of crime and violence before his death, and shot his own friend in the head, broke into a neighbor's home, and robbed a woman at gunpoint. This dude shot his own friend in the head, ladies and gentlemen. Man. Let's get down to the stuff. Uh, la, 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 la. Let's see, what is this saying? All right, I'm just, we're just going to, basically, this is just talking about what happened, how he got killed. Look. We've already established that Kim Potter, the cop that shot him, she should have been found guilty, which she was, because you can't be on the, the police force that long and make mistakes like that. She got to go sit down. But let's let's learn about Dante. So here's Dante Wright. 
you know, I guess this is a recent picture of him. I don't freaking know, but you know, you got the stack of money holding the Hennessy, look like he's smoking on some, you know, you know, just stereotypical pictures that, you know, young people take. I got a couple pictures like that in my past, so I don't hold pictures like that against people. We all take pictures like that when we're trying to be cool. You know, that's just kind of what we do as youngins, right? Except I don't go around shooting friends in the head. I don't take pictures like this either. So here he is. He got the gun, the gun pointed to his head. I never, you know, me personally, I never understood this fascination with people pointing guns in their head at their head when posing for pictures. I never understood it. I never even understood the finger guns when people be taking the little finger guns and pointing them at their head. When rappers be doing that, I don't understand the point of that. Like, what is the point of you acting like you're about to blow your own brains out? Like, what what is that? What is that supposed to symbolize? It never made sense to me whatsoever. But hey. I guess that's, you know, I guess that's another pose for showing the peoples that you're cool, I guess. I don't freaking know. So anyways, that's him playing with the gun. We're not going to watch that video. I think it's like 15 seconds long. All right, so here we go. Let's get down to the good stuff that we came here for. It says they want to they wanna fit with that hood lifestyle. Well, your man Dante Wright was all about that hood lifestyle. He took it. He actually lived it. So let's let's go ahead and find out what your man's did. It says, but for some, Wright's death is a reminder that he will now never be brought to justice for the pain and suffering he causes victims. Um, let's see, Jennifer Lemay. She says he's a he's a he's an he. I can't read. It. He's an evil human being, worse than a monster, a waste of space on Earth. So that's what a lady named Jennifer Lemay said, and we'll find out who she is in a second. She said her son, Caleb, so Jennifer LeMay has a son named Caleb, who's now 18 years old. She says her son was left permanently disabled after Wright, his one-time friend, allegedly shot him in the head at a gas station and left him to die two years ago. So just two years ago, your man Dante Wright allegedly shot his own friend in the head, point blank range and left him to die, but the boy, the young man, survived. Mm, this was um, two years ago. Says the lawsuit filed on behalf of her son in May this year describes the fateful events that took place outside a full-stop convenience store and gas station on May 14th, 2019. So May 14th, 2019, Dante shot his own friend in the head, ladies and gentlemen, allegedly. Says the document state rights discharge uh, right discharged a firearm towards Caleb, striking him with a single shot. Uh, a single shot. What does that say? Who wrote this article? Says the document state right discharged a firearm towards Caleb, striking him with a single shot bullet. Okay, they misspelled bullet. Bullet in the head, causing serious, disabling, and permanent injuries. Says doctors. Um, says I'm gonna get it. Hey, we got we to gotta tell the truth, uh, Miss Ting, Miss Thing. We got to tell the truth. Says doctors told his mom he had a slim chance of surviving the next 24 to 36 hours, but the team miraculously survived after spending almost seven months in the hospital. So Dante, let's, let's go ahead and see. Let's go ahead and see. So this was Dante's friend right here. This is the friend's mother that was saying all this. 
This is Dante's friend. He's known since they were kids, I'm assuming. This is what he looks like today, ladies and gentlemen. This is what he looks like today at the age of like 18, 19 years old. Why? Because your man's here shot him in the head, ladies and gentlemen, at a gas station May 14th, 2019, and left him to die. But the boy miraculously survived. It says, according to LeMay, Wright shot Caleb in the frontal part of his head with a bullet ripping through to the other side of his skull where it is still lodged. He has a bullet still lodged in his head. Dante shot my son and left him to die. During his hospital stay, Caleb almost died six times because of his injuries. Says LeMay said the two boys were good friends at one point and that Caleb had 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 his first sleepover at Wright's house when he was 13. She says the younger Dante I knew I thought was a pretty good kid. I never saw any red flags. Says the pair eventually grew apart after Caleb and his mom moved to Chicago in 2018. She says Caleb was still in contact with his friend back in Minneapolis. It was at this time I started hearing things from my son about Dante. Says he was running away from home and on one occasion he even spat at his father. So he was over here spitting at his father. Says months later, Caleb went back to Minneapolis to visit some family members and was at a local gas station when Wright shot him point blank in the head. Ooh. So LeMay said she heard from people in the area that Dante admitted to some pals that he had and only wanted to scare Caleb, but the gun accidentally fired. It's always an accidental shooting, right? Listen, guys, if you don't know anything about firearms, there is no such thing as an accidental shooting. You have to treat all firearms as if they are loaded at all times. That's why you never point a firearm at anybody, even if the gun is unloaded, because you have to treat it like it is loaded. Because things like this can happen. But this is what happened. This is what happened. This is the young man right here. Childhood friend. Is looking like this right here in a wheelchair, permanently disabled for the rest of his life. Your mans did this, that everybody is over here celebrating, got justice. Where's his justice? Goes on to say, I don't believe you can just accidentally shoot someone. I don't buy it, the mom said. LeMay, LeMay is the mother here. LeMay said she later learned that a few days prior, the two got into a physical fight and Caleb got the best of Dante, leading her to believe that the shooting was motivated by revenge. I'm inclined to believe that this possibly was motivated by revenge because even though that both of these kids appear to be, you know, half-breeds, team half-breed, <laughs> you know, they still got that Negro DNA up in them. And that Negro DNA does not like taking L's like this, ladies and gentlemen. Especially in this day and age. I mean, we saw what happened with the rapper out of Chicago, OTF A-Roy, I think that was his name. There's a video of him beating up some dude, getting the best of this dude. As soon as he gets up, Old buddy hops up, pulls the blicky out, and blasts him on spot. So today's fighting is not like how we used to fight when I was coming up. 
Today's fighting, you got to literally be ready to kill somebody, especially if you're dealing with these young niggas. Um, she says her her uh, her son now suffers from traumatic brain injury and respiratory arrest and is bound to a wheelchair. He can't speak or walk and has limited movement in his limbs. He requires 24-7 care. He can't eat, dress, or basically do anything on his own. And he requires constant attention. He needs to be lifted in and out of his bed into his wheelchair. He has a service dog, a 12-year-old pit bull terrier named Sirak that stays by his side most of the time. She says he's going to be 19 years old in a few weeks. He should be out dating and having a good time. Instead, he is bound to his bed and wheelchair. He'll never date. He'll never be able to have children. He won't drive a car. And most likely, he'll never be able to tell us that he loves us. That's the fate of her son that Dante shot in the head point blank range. This young man right here is looking like this today. Permanent brain injury with a bullet still in his head. Bound to a wheelchair for the rest of his life. And he is only 19 years old. That's what your man Dante, the dude that the cop shot, that's what he did two years ago. May 19th, 2020, uh, May 14th, 2019. That's what he did. Shot his friend in the head. Point blank range. This is why I say he's probably worse than George Floyd. Very sad, man. Very sad. That was his friend. Says the local police, uh, the mother says the local police really didn't work that hard on my son's case. To the best of my knowledge, they haven't spoken with anyone on the case. This is May 15th, 2019. Says technically the case is still open, but they're never going to solve it. Now with Wright dead, LeMay says her son will never get justice. She says when she first heard the news that he had been killed, she says she felt relief, then anger. She says, I'm mad as hell that he died. I have mixed emotions about his death. Part of me is content knowing he'll never be able to hurt someone again like he did to my son and others. But then the other part is uh, when Kim Porter killed him, she took away any possible, uh, any possibility for him to be held criminally accountable for what he did. Right. Now there will never be justice for my kid. My son didn't uh, doesn't deserve this type of life. All right. So that, that's what that's what this mother's saying. Dante did this to her son two years earlier. And she never got any justice. Hmm. That's what that's what your man's right here did, right? That's why I don't be sitting around here co-signing these police cases because I don't know who these people are that the cops killed. Because, you know, the problem is when these stories come up and you see a black person or whatever get killed, 
by the cops. Everybody likes to pretend like they know these people. Like everybody likes to pretend like they knew George Floyd. I don't know anybody in real life that actually knew George Floyd in real life. And then I hate when people come around here talking about that could have been me. Everybody that I know in real life didn't live a life remotely close to that of George Floyd. Or they didn't live a life similar to that of Dante Wright, where they were going around shooting their friends in the head. So I don't know how that could have been you when you weren't out there engaged in activities that led to these fatal interactions. You know what I'm saying? Like, how could that have been you? Doesn't make sense to me. But we're supposed to feel sorry. I'm not, I'm not feeling sorry for anybody. I need to get the facts. And I want to know these people's backgrounds. Because I, I don't, I don't, I don't support that crap. What is background got to do with anything? Because I want to know if these people are savages or not. I want to know. But it doesn't stop there, ladies and gentlemen. That's just one instance, right? Here's some of his old, uh, what is these, Facebook posts? Doesn't matter. So here's a white chick talking about how Dante robbed her, right? Let me go ahead and put my headphones in, see if we can listen to this. Let's see what she out here talking about. I should have had this thing loaded up already. She's going to describe her encounter with Dante as soon as this thing loads up. Good God. All right. Well, I guess we ain't going to get it. This thing's taking too long. Let's see if I can just play it from here. So he had. Let me know if y'all can hear it. Oh, what happened? Come on, man. What's going on? So he had messaged me to come hang out, and um, he said he was with his friend because I asked who he would be with, and he said Dante's name. Um, you knew Imaji from high school? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's how I knew him. Like, we, we never really had conversation. We never really talked, but I'd never heard anything bad about him at that point. They were kind of just procrastinating on leaving. And then I'm like, all right, we got to go because I got to go, like, I got to go do stuff. And um, they said, like, their ride was there, um, finally. So um, we all were, like, get get moving towards the door. And they had their shoes on and everything ready to go. They were both by the front door waiting for me to walk out. I bend over to put my shoe shoes on. I didn't even put the second shoe on yet. Like, I was just putting the second shoe on. And he like stands up straight and he puts both of his hands in front of like himself, like kind of like in a stance. And he's like, I know you have the money. Give me, give me the fucking money. Um, and I'm like, what? When I was younger, my grandma used to, she used to put money in her bra in case anybody like ever tried to take her purse, like, that's just, you know, so I grew up just, like, having that in my head, but I never, like, I never did that, ever, and for some reason that day, that time, I felt like I, I, sh I should just do it, he said, um, like, I know you have the money, give me, like, give me the fucking money, it can, like, we can 
Basically, we can do this the easy way or we can do this the hard way because we know you have it. When he pulled out the gun, I was like, I, I had... I had looked him dead in his eyes and like all I saw was literally like darkness. Like, I'm not even kidding you. It was evil. And I just felt that through my whole body went numb. And I was like, is you taking my life over $800 worth going to prison for the rest of yours? That's what you said to him. I literally said that to him. And he started choking me. Like he put his hands around my neck. That's when he grabbed my shirt um, and he said, I know the money's in your fucking bra. Just give it to me. And so he had uh, like gripped my shirt and he started pulling it and I'm trying to like move. And so he ended up ripping my shirt apart. I felt like my life was endangered um, at that point, obviously, and I was not okay. And I was screaming and crying when he was choking me that second time. And Imaje's like, we got to go, we got to go. And so he like let go of my neck and they started to like, Imaje opened the door and they started to sprint out of my apartment. They um, jumped into, one jumped in the back, one jumped in the driver's seat, I want to say. And then... Um, it was a white Cadillac and I remembered the exact like the license plate number, the color, the make, the like the model. And so I was able to give the police that information, um, which ended up leading them to find them. I immediately called my uh, roommate um, and I asked her, like, what do I do? Because I walked in and I'm like, I can't find the money. And as I was on the phone with her, I because I needed I needed to like do something with like change or whatever and the money fell out of the side of my bra and I'm like oh my god like the money's still here so he had messaged me to come hang out and um he said he was so so that is your man. That's that's your uh, that's what your man Dante Wright did. He went out there and robbed this chick, choked her out, and guess what? This happened in November of 2019. So in May of 2019, in May of 2019, he allegedly shot his friend in the head and left his friend permanently disabled. Right. In May, in November, your man's right here, Dante Wright. He went through and uh, violently assaulted this chick, tried to rob her of her rent money or whatever the heck money she was carrying, right? Doesn't stop there, y'all. Doesn't stop there. What else did he do? Let's see. We're going to skip past all this. I ain't going to read all that. Let's see. He tried to jack her of $820 of rent money and choked her out in the process. Uh, Where is the other stuff he did? I think that's his brother right there. We're going to skip past all that. So we got this black man right here. Julian Manjo, 
Why is Julian Manjo up here? Let's let's see what's going on with Julian. Let's see if I can find where this starts. Um, oh, here we go. It says Daily Mail can also reveal Julian Manjo became another victim of Dante Wright after the then teenager broke into his house while he was at home. In an exclusive interview, Manjo said that his son previously played basketball with Wright. They weren't the best of friends, but they were teammates, right? He says, I treated Dante like a son when he came over. There were occasions when Wright would come home with Manjo and spend time in their house. Dante would come to our house after a basketball game or practice and wait until his parents would come get him. Court documents uh, exclusively obtained say that the 17-year-old Wright one day rang the doorbell of the house, but Manjo looking through the... Uh, through the main floor window, saw it was an acquaintance of his son and didn't answer the door. He says he then observed Wright walk to the back door of the house and he repeatedly knocked on the door again. Manjo didn't answer the door. Manjo then said Wright walked over to the bathroom window, which was unlocked, and removed the screen window and placed it against the neighbor's garage. Uh, Wright then returned to the rear door and again repeatedly knocked on the door. When he received no response, he returned to the bathroom, opened it up, and crawled into the bathroom. At this time, Manjo says he grabbed the kitchen knife and confronted Wright. Manjo said that Dante ran back into the bathroom, slamming the door shut behind, and crawled out the bathroom window. Manjo said he left the knife inside his house and ran outside to confront Wright. He caught up to Wright, who by this time was casually walking away from the house, trying not to be too conspicuous. So I'm assuming this is the house. This happened in 2017. So Dante's over here breaking into his friend's house for whatever reason. He says, I caught up with him and told him, I know who you are and I'm reporting you to the police. He didn't say a word. He just ran down the alley after that. Wright was later charged with felony first degree burglary, burglary of an occupied dwelling. All right. So we got that going on. There's one more thing. There is one more thing that's going on with this with this Dante kid, y'all. There is one more thing. Listen to this. This happened in 2021, March 21st, 2021. When did Dante Wright get killed? What day did he get killed? I don't remember, but this happened before his death. It says Wright was involved. Oh, this happened three weeks before he was killed. It says Wright was involved in another incident just three weeks before he was shot dead. According to a lawsuit, he and an accomplice shot former classmate Joshua Hodges. So three weeks before Dante was killed, he and another friend shot another friend. Ain't that crazy? This dude has a bad habit of shooting his friends, don't he? He's breaking into his friend's house. He shot one of his friends in the head, and now he done shot another friend. Says the lawsuit says Hodges was sitting alone in his car near a residential area when Wright and an unarmed accomplice approached him in a premeditated attempt to steal his car. The accomplices shot Hodges in the lower leg, hitting an artery that caused massive bleeding, fracturing his left fibula, resulting in a lengthy hospitalization. Wright then went over to Hodges, who was bleeding from the gunshot, and began to assault him, causing facial, mouth, and teeth injuries. He then stole Hodges' wallet, cell phone, and car. The lawsuit states that Wright has a lengthy criminal record. He was never arrested nor charged in the case. All right? So, 
That's what's going on with your man Dante Wright, ladies and gentlemen. Where's he at? Let's find a let's find a picture of your man Dante. George Floyd 2.0. Your man Dante Wright, who was taken up out of here by Officer Porter. She's found guilty. She's probably gonna spend the next five to ten years in prison for this. And she should go to jail because, like I said earlier, she's been on the police force for 26 years. There is no excuse as to how you can't tell the difference between your firearm and your taser. There's no excuse for that. So she has to go to jail. Now, how much time she gets, that's up for debate, but she got to go. But this dude right here, this dude was a super thug, y'all. This dude was a super thug. He shot his best, one of his childhood friends in the head and left this young man to be permanently disabled for the rest of his life to where he needs care 24-7 for the remainder of his days. That same year, he brutally assaulted this white chick, robbed her and choked her, and tried to steal her $800 in rent money. Two years earlier, in 2017, He broke into this guy's house, whom Dante was friends with this guy's son. And then just three weeks, where is it at? All right, my bad. My, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. All right, so I asked you this, ladies. I don't know what I said earlier, but I was just giving a recap. I was just giving a recap. All right, somebody says I'm muted. What's the last thing y'all heard me say? What's the last thing y'all heard me say? Anybody remember? What is the last thing y'all heard me say? All right, I don't know what I said. Anyways, so Dante. Shoots one of his friends in the head, puts him in a wheelchair for the rest of his life with a bullet still lodged in his head. Robs a white girl, chokes her, trying to steal $800 in rent money. Breaks into his friend's house when his friend's father is home. And then he, uh, three weeks before Dante gets killed, him and another friend shoot another high school friend of theirs in the leg, beat him damn near half to death, steal his car and all his other crap. Just three weeks before Officer Potter sent him to the upper room. So I ask you this, ladies and gentlemen. Did Officer Potter, did she do the community a justice? Did she do the community a solid one by sending him to the upper room? Did she do the community a favor? Yes, she has to go to jail because she was a police officer, 26 years on the force. 
she should have known the difference between her handgun and her taser and which side of her uh, utility belt both of those weapons were located. She should have known that. So she has to go to jail. But did she also do the community a good thing by getting him the hell up out of here? I'm going to go ahead and submit to the audience that Kim Potter did the community a service getting this Negro the hell up out of here. Assuming everything we read is true. <laughs> and I don't see why anybody would have anything to lie on this dude about. I mean, he's already dead. Why lie now? I think she did society a great service getting him all the way the hell up out of here. That's what I think. This dude was a super savage. Just imagine if he was still alive, what would he be doing in the next five years? I mean, his stuff was just revving up. Started with the break-in at his friend's house, elevated to robbing the white chick, shot his friend in the head point-blank range, and then just three weeks before he got killed, he shot another kid in the leg and hit an artery where this kid almost bled out and died and stole his car and cell phone. What was going to happen in the next five years? Hell, in the next five weeks, what was he going to do? This dude had to go. He had to get up out of here. I don't know if there was any recovery for this dude. He had to go. I don't know if he, I don't know if there was any salvaging this dude. He says he wouldn't be working in IT. <laughs> That's right. He wouldn't be taking my classes. We don't we don't have uh I don't have a course on how to be a goon over on my other channel. But he had to get up out of here. He had to go. So I'm gonna drop this link in case y'all want to come up here and express your thoughts to let me know if I'm full of crap or are you riding for uh are you riding for Team Dante or do you think you need to uh Kim Potter did the right thing by getting him up out of here? So I'm gonna drop this link. Give me a second. All right, the link is in the chat. Anybody want to come up? Anybody want to come up and express your feels on this? But he had to get up out of here, in my opinion. He was a he was a a, a wild cannon, y'all. He was just too wild. He was just doing too much. The stuff he was doing, the stuff he was doing, he was, he was on, he was bound to kill somebody probably within the next six months. I mean, he done shot two people already. He was bound to kill somebody or multiple people. I mean, it was coming. She probably, Kim Potter probably saved somebody's life, y'all, in the literal sense, at the at the, the way he was moving. She probably saved somebody. There's somebody in Minneapolis right now who is sleeping safe and sound because they didn't cross paths with this damn sociopath. This Negro was a sociopath. Yes, she got to go sit down and do some time, but she may have just saved somebody's life and didn't even know it. She made the streets a little bit safer. She sacrificed her own freedom to make the greater streets of Minneapolis a little bit safer. 
by getting him the hell up out of here. This dude was just too much. He was too much. He was doing too much, y'all. Just doing too much. So, you know. Chances are he would have graduated shooting armored car guards, high-speed chases, shooting his kids, mom. Would love to see his music playlist. Oh, all that stuff was coming. All that stuff was coming. All that stuff. He was about to live a real-life rap video. All the stuff that these rappers be talking about in his drill music and all this other nonsense they listen to, he was actually out there trying to live that life. If he was a female, you'd be saying something different. What would I be saying, Bishop Eddie? How about you hit the link, Bishop Eddie, and come on up here and tell me what I would be saying. Because I would be saying the same thing if this was a chick. I don't give a damn what their gender is or any of that crap. He wasn't going to make it past 25. He wasn't. He probably woke up and told himself every day, I'll be lucky if I make it to 21. Y'all know that's like that's like um, Negro's favorite talking point. I'll be lucky if I make it to C21. Right, I guess Bishop Eddie don't want to come up here and express his thoughts. He want to hang out there in the chat and just type gynocracy and, and whatever the hell he's talking about. I don't know what the gynocracy got to do with this. What's the gynocracy got to do with this, Eddie? Come on up here and explain it to us, Bishop Eddie. Don't be scared. Hit the link, Eddie. Don't be scared. Don't be, don't be in the comments. Don't be a comment warrior. Come on up here so we can hear your voice. You ain't got a cam up. Says, if it was your family member, you'd be talking about rehabilitation. If this was my family member, I'd have a different opinion. You know why? Because it's my family. But I ain't related to this nigga. Everybody has a different opinion when it's somebody that you know, especially if they're related to you. We all got a different opinion. But I don't know this dude. I wasn't related to him. Never met him a day in my life. So he got to get the hell up out of here. <laughs> That's how that goes. That is how that goes, Eddie. I don't know why you shocked by that. We all will be saying the same thing if this was a family member. We'd be on, I'd have a different opinion if this is one of my family members. You say it's hypocrisy. Well, the rules are different when it's your family, but I'm not related to him. And if it was my family and somebody made a video talking like that, it is what it is. You know what I mean? It's just kind of how it is. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like it's kind of like serial killers. You ever heard of that serial killer uh, B2K or is it BTK? Bind, torture, and kill. Look up the serial killer BTK. He, uh, for like 20, 30 years, he went around killing women, strangling them, doing all kind of grotesque stuff to them. But the whole time, this dude was married with a wife and kids. Was uh was 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 uh volunteering at his church, doing all kind of stuff, but in his spare time he'd be out there strangling people to death. Yeah, Dennis Rader, look him up. I think he was killing people out of the uh, Kansas City, uh, somewhere in the Midwest. He was out there doing all this for like 20, 30 years. And when they finally caught him and they brought him to court, 
he vividly recalled every single murder as if he was watching a movie in real time. I'm talking about stuff going back 20, almost 30 years. He remembered all the details down to the scent of each woman and all this other crazy crap. Oh, it happened in Kansas. Yeah, Kansas, Wichita, Wichita, Kansas. But do you think his family saw him like that? This dude had, he was married the entire time and had kids while he was out there being a notorious serial killer. Do you think his family saw him as a serial killer? No, they probably saw him as a loving father who was out there being a part of the community. They can't even, they probably can't fathom that this was their father. Even though he admitted to being that person. You know what I'm saying? So my point is when you're that close to somebody, especially if you're related to them, and they're out here just doing some crazy devilish stuff, of course you're going to have a different opinion. Your opinion is going to be swayed. It's kind of like the mama who's out here talking about, my baby didn't do nothing, even though her son is out there slanging dope every weekend and slapping chicks and pushing old ladies in, in the middle of the street every other day. But being that she lives with him, has given birth to him, she can't see that side of him. All right, here's another example. It's like a smoker. A person who smokes, they normally, they can't smell their own smoking. They can't, uh oh, am I muted? It's like a person who smokes, they normally can't smell their scent. But everybody else can smell it. So I don't know how many more examples of this I got to give, but that's why. If this was my family member, you, you'd be a hypocrite. Yeah, because that's my family. <laughs> that's my family. That's why I'd be a hypocrite. But I ain't related to this nigga. You know what I mean? That's how this works. Anybody want to come up? I'm going to drop the link one more time. I don't feel like talking to a bunch of comments. Come on up here and express your thoughts. Don't be scared. Don't be scared, Bishop Eddie. You out here trying to revive Bishop Eddie Long so you can go out there and diddle little kids? Is that, are you the ghost of Bishop Eddie Long? Didn't he die some years ago, Eddie Long, if I'm not mistaken? I want to say Bishop Eddie Long died a couple years ago of the HIV. So I'm assuming you're the ghost of Bishop Eddie Long. And you want to go out there and uh, diddle the little kids. Maybe that's why you don't want to come up here. So, you know, but yeah, that's, that's how this works, y'all. So Kim Potter, yeah, she got to go sit down and do some time. But... She may have saved somebody's life, y'all. She may have saved somebody's life because he was on a path to taking somebody up out of here. He was on a path. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Kim Potter for doing the right thing, in my opinion. Even though you got to go to jail, Kim, you did the right thing. Based off of this story, sound like you did the right thing. I ain't mad at you, Kim. I ain't mad at you because I'm pretty sure this kid, this I'm pretty sure this kid didn't do this to himself. I'm pretty sure this kid who used to look like this, look like your standard, regular run-of-the-mill teenager, I'm sure he didn't do this to himself. I don't see why the mother would make a story up like this about Dante Wright. I don't see why that white girl would make a story up about being robbed by Dante Wright. I don't see why that black dude 
the one who said Dante broke into his house. I don't see why he would make that up. And then the other kid that Dante shot in the leg when he tried to, when he carjacked him, I don't see why he would make that up. Dante Wright was a savage. This dude was worse than George Floyd. This dude was worse. Mm. So Kim Potter may have done the community a good deed. We need to go get her an award. <laughs> we need to we need to declare the day that she took Dante up out of here. We need to turn that into a a, a, a national holiday or something because this Dante Wright was he was just doing too much. He was doing too much out here, y'all. He was just doing too damn much. This joker was just wilding. It sounded like he was just wilding just for the sake of wilding. He was doing too much. So, you know. Anyways. So, I guess Bishop Eddie's scared to come up here. but So, I'm going to go ahead and shut this down. But I just wanted to give y'all a little little backstory on Dante Wright. I'm not I'm not shedding tears over this dude. You know what I mean? Look, I'm not going. I'm not one of those people. Every time a black person gets shot, I'm throwing up the BLM fist. I'm all on Facebook and Twitter whining and crying about police brutality. I ain't doing none of that crap. Because first of all, police brutality isn't even a real thing like that amongst Negroes. It ain't even a real thing. And let me tell you, let me show you, let me show you what's a real thing. Let me show you what's a real thing. This is a real thing right here. The gun memorial. This is a real thing. All these black folks up here. I wonder how many of them were killed by cops or other black people. I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to bet. The overwhelming majority of these people, especially the black ones, I'm willing to bet another black person took them up out of here. I'm willing to bet there's like a 99% chance another black person took them up out of here. So while y'all around here crying about police brutality, for every one encounter that goes wrong with the police, it's probably like it's probably like, I don't know, 500 encounters of a black person being killed by another black person. But we still going to be talking about racism and police brutality moving into the year 2022. With all this data out there, we got all, y'all ever notice, we got all the data in the world to support the claim for getting uh, uh, rep reparations, right? They got studies, documentaries, YouTubers all over the place dropping mad data and statistics all over the place to justify why black folks should get reparations. But ain't nobody got no data that shows that police brutality is not a real thing in the black community, especially when the stats show and say that you have an astronomically higher chance of being killed by somebody of your own race than a cop. Remember, remember, I think the stat, I think you got like a 0.003% chance of actually being killed by a cop. Like, that's just how small it is. You have a higher chance of being killed by COVID than a police officer. 
but we just gonna but but we supposed to just act like black on black ain't a real thing. But then people be like, but other races kill people too. They, they they'll come back and they'll be like, white people kill other white people at the same rate of black people, which is uh true. But you know what people always leave out? They leave out the fact that black folks only make up like 13% of the population to begin with. And white folks make up like what, 60, 65% of the population. So you got a group that's 60, 65% of the population. Is somebody up here? Hold on. Uh, I think somebody just hit the link. You got a group that's 60 to 65% of the population and a group that's only 13%. And both groups are killing each other at the same rate. And nobody can seem to see that there's a major problem with how come the group that's only 13% is on average, is damn near neck and neck with the group that represents 65% or something of the population. Nobody can seem to put connect the dots on this, that there's a problem. But anyways, I got somebody in the back here. Let's see who this is. Hopefully they don't come up here talking stupid. What's going on? Oh, what's up? Oh, can everybody hear? Oh, I can hear you. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Let me see if everybody can hear you. We good? I can hear you. Yeah, go ahead. What's up? What's on your mind? Yeah, uh, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, shit, but. But I what? Police brutality, it's a pro police brutality. It, it does exist. You know that, right? Tell me how it exists. When the last time you got brutalized by a cop? I've never been brutalized by a cop. Oh, I've never been over by a cop. But police brutality happens to all races of all races of people, and it ain't just niggas, to be honest. So, so police brutality is is uh is something that you're out there championing for because it's such a grave concern. Like, like let me ask you this: When you walk outside your house, are you honestly thinking about a cop brutalizing? Like keep it, keep it a no, but no, it does exist because the state holds a monopoly on violence. The state holds a monopoly on violence. What does that mean? That means that they pretty much write the rules on how they can pretty much um, ascertain you to be uh, and, and treat you when uh, they see they see it fit to uh, to to ascertain you or, or treat you in a certain way according to their guidelines and according to the, to the law. I don't know if I put that the right way. Now, reword that. They pretty much write the rules on how they're going to treat you, right? Yeah. So if they need to uh, uh, get get you down, treat you in a certain manner uh, in order to, uh, 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 in order for them to feel safe, I guess you could say, in order for them to... Um, properly handle the situation they're pretty much going to write the rules on that because we as a society has, have given them the authority to well yeah well why should that. why shouldn't they write the rules i mean just i'm not like saying they shouldn't. i'm not saying they we shouldn't saying it's, quite a, it's a problem when the state has had uh pretty much uh holds that much power over uh uh violence to be honest I don't understand how they're holding that much power over violence when they only exert these so-called violent, brutal tendencies in most instances against people who probably need to be handled a certain way. Because, listen, every yes, time but, 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 I'm but, worried about a cop whooping my ass. Of course, of course, of, of course. But 
do are you sure that these people really deserve to be handled in this certain way to be honest uh i'm pretty sure more than likely most of them do yeah more than likely but there has to be instances where you can find, you can find a onesie and twosie we can all find the outlier in the onesie and twosie but let's stop acting like the overwhelming majority of these encounters most of these people probably deserve to be handled a certain type of way which falls in with in accordance to how the police have been trained which us the taxpayers voted in the politicians who said hey we want cops to go out there and deal with these these uh these criminals that are doing things in society that we don't want to have in society okay i agree with the, i agree with you but i think that you downplay the role that police brutality has to be honest i I'm think playing it like i say how like how often would do okay do you know anybody in your real life that's been brutalized by the police no i have i don't so you've never been brutalized you don't know anybody that's been brutalized all you so where you so you you sound like I'm, I'm i'm asking you this as a question are you getting all of your police brutality information off of twitter no 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 but i know from like libertarians they have i'm not a libertarian but um i take some of their 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 views and and, and i have a little bit of the same thought pattern that they do but they pretty much have this uh view on how the state controls violence and how uh they inflict violence um so you know they they have a specific view on um you know the state shouldn't have that much power to be honest to i guess write the rules on how they're going to well, who's going to write something. the rules? Are you going to write the rules? Like, who should be elected to write the rules that dictate probably, maybe police are interact with individual citizens? Um, maybe there should be a, like a tribunal on how um, the police officer acted uh, for citizens, and we, we could deem if they were truly if the if the force they were they used was justified or, or, if, or if it wasn't justified aren't they doing that right now that's why they're making them wear body cams and then every time there's an instance yes but it's not like a formal in a black person they damn they always review these cases like this is a formal now this isn't a formal tribunal this is a this is a societal tribunal and um it's not formal it's like what do, you, what do you want? Do you, do you want the cops? I mean, I'm asking this as a legit question. Do you want the cops to go out there? Let's just say uh, Miss Jenkins or Miss whoever calls the police because some dude's breaking into her crib or whooping on her. You want the cops to come out there and just, you know, peacefully talk to them and, you know. No, I'm not saying that. No, Put their I've hand on the shoulder and figure out why would you slapping your baby? I've mom? never said that, but I feel like we should do more to pretty much... Um, to uh, uh uh how how do i say this to uh to contain i guess uh an over excessive force by the police what will be classified as excessive force that's why i'm saying it would be a formal tribunal full of citizens to rule what's success what's but i think they i think they do that now man every listen every it's not really it's not formal but we have we as a society when we see videos of now every time there's a video that comes out 
of a black person that's been killed by a cop, which is basically them, the media maximizing the minimum, as I like to call it. They'll take these onesies and twosies and blow it up, run it all over social media, all over the news to make it seem like this is happening every single day. But anyways, every time one of these stories comes out, first thing that always comes up in the media or from the left, especially the left wing, is we need police reform. They've been talking about every single time there's a damn police reform speech coming. So I don't understand this whole this whole this thing you're talking about. And some of these uh, so-called reforms have resulted in police not being allowed to do certain things like as a result of Derek Chauvin and George Floyd. I don't think they could put knees on people's necks anymore or in that area. As I, a think of Garner, I don't think they can do choke, uh, so-called choke codes anymore. Like there's always something that comes as a result. It's going to always be a trade off in order to uh, ensure the greater benefit of the of the citizen. So you can't have your cake you need it to. Yeah, but you're saying that they need to do these tribunals. I'm telling you, they're already doing it's a, it's a, a tribunal. It's a, it's a uh, suggestion. But they're doing it already, is what I'm telling you. It's really a tribunal. It's not a formal tribunal. They're doing the stuff already. It's, a, it's almost like a societal tribunal where they don't really have any power, real power, to be honest. Who doesn't have any real power? Like people watching a video by themselves of of like of some black men being brutalized or terrorized. What the hell are you talking about? Were you were you, were you alive last year? Like you know, when were you born? Did, did you not pay attention to all of 2020 with BLM and Antifa burning stuff down and yeah, and having the power to bow down to them? And now you got defund the police. Like there was no legality in that. There was no power. There was no legality in that though. I'm talking legally. Legality and what? Like, I, I'm not understanding. It, listen, it almost sounds like you're just throwing words out there just to throw words out there. I, I need, I'm trying to, I'm trying to follow along. Like, what do you mean when you say legality in what? In what context? What are you talking about? Legality, I said, like a formal tribunal of citizens that can say, hey, this was excessive. This wasn't excessive. This so, was excessive. You really think? Okay, okay. So you want basically you want like a a, a bunch of random citizens, like like at a a city council. Yes. Everybody's up there watching video at the city council saying that's wrong. They're, come on, son. You really think you just gonna be able to pull random people up, and they can go watch a video and be like, nope, he shouldn't have did that. That was cool. That was wrong. Like, really? Are we really finna do this, bro? I mean, that's really your suggestion here. What's I mean, it's, just, it's a su suggestion, but is that really that wrong, to be honest? Yes, it sounds stupid to take random people who more than likely don't have any type of military and or police training. And you want to get their opinion on what a police officer should or shouldn't do. Well, it's one thing if you're pulling from cops, military, you know, people who've been trained in this type of stuff. Uh, you know, martial mixed martial arts fighters in terms of how they should manhandle them, but it's you like have other police random you have other police rule on on whether that person did wrong or did right. How should are we? You, yeah, go ahead. Say say finish. Hold on. Should, should we have the police be uh be the the, the main members of the tribunal? Where they just pretty much let the guy go, even though he did a fucked up thing. No, I just said you can have people with backgrounds in that, whether they're cops, military, some so, type of professional fighter, because, um, you know, you know, you got to use your hands sometimes. But it sounds like you just want to pull random regular people off the block. Hey, Leroy, come on over here and give your well, 
Bishop Eddie, what you think about this? Like that's what they do with juries in criminal in, in criminal trials. Yeah, but the juries aren't really in there deciding the rules on this, that, and the third. They normally are given a set of instructions from the judge, and the judge tells them, hey, based off the evidence, you have to make a decision that's in accordance with these instructions. They ain't in there just freestyling some stuff. Or they shouldn't be, I should say. I mean, well, that's how it works, right? I mean, I'm, a, yeah. I'm not a lawyer, but I'm assuming that's how it works. Well, yeah, to, a, to an extent, I guess, yeah, to an extent. But, I mean, what other way would you want to have it, to be honest? Because police brutality is an issue, and we need to try to... I don't believe it's an issue. I don't believe it's an issue. I believe they want you to make it to be an issue because it sounds like, I mean, here's my honest opinion. You sound like a person. You sound, first of all, you sound like a Caucasian. You know what I'm, I'm saying? Not, not huh? No. Oh, you're not? Okay, well, my bad. So anyways, it, it's not an issue, but you sound like one of these people that has bought into this bullshit lie that all black people are just being under this constant threat of being brutalized by the police. When there is no real evidence of it like that. You will find a onesie in... All George Floyd is not the standard. First, I agree. All, do you know how many police departments are in America? Do you know what the number is? No, I don't. 18,000. 18,000 police departments in America, right? So let's let's do some quick math here. Let's just say every police department across the country had only one interaction with one black person every single day. That'll be 18,000 interactions every single day. What's 18,000 times 365? Do you know what that number comes out to be? What? It comes out to be close to 7 million. Damn, that's a lot. Yes. So in one year, 18,000 police departments have just one interaction with one black person every single day. For a whole calendar year, we're talking about 7 million interactions, right? Now, how many black people have were killed by police in the year 2019 or the year 2020, you know? What was it? Like eight or something? It was probably around like 50. Listen, 50. Let's just push it up to about 75. Anyways, you take that number and you divide it by that 7 million number that I gave you, you're going to come out with a stat that says the chances of you being brutalized and or killed by a cop I'm not, that I'm not like about 0.003%. I'm not disagreeing with oh. you. So with that being said, if you have something that is a 0.003% chance of taking you up out of here, can you really classify that as a problem? I'm talking about... I mean, I'm, you just said police brutality talking, is a problem. Police brutality doesn't have to just revolve around people getting shot. Well, what, what does it revolve around? A cop cursing you out? Like, what are we talking about here? Cop being brutal to you, over excessive force. All right. Brutal to you and or killing. I said and or brutal, brutalizing you and or killing you. Okay. You're still so, gonna come out with an astronomically tiny number to where I don't think it's it can be legit classified. This is a problem to the to the way that BLM and a bunch of lefties want to blow it up to be. I don't think it's be uh, like the way BLM is is is, is big in it. Up. I don't think it's 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 that big of a problem the way BLM is, but it is it is a problem. I do, I do believe it is a problem. It is an issue. I think it's a problem for people who don't know how to just shut up and, 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 and stop trying to fight and resist police. 
That's who I think it's a problem for. Because when G Dizzle gets pulled over, which I haven't gotten pulled over in over 10 years, last time I got pulled over, I was on my motorcycle doing 80 miles over the speed limit in country Georgia on a back road and got pulled over by a hillbilly cop. And guess what? I didn't get off my bike fighting with the cop. He asked me why I was speeding. I said, well, I was the only person out here and you caught me. He knocked my ticket down to me only going 15 miles over the speed limit when he could have arrested me and impounded me and all kind of crap because I was doing like 80 miles over the speed limit. I was getting it. Okay, yeah. Your fight, curse him out, none of that crap. Yeah. Um. So it's only a problem for people who don't have any goddamn home training, in my opinion. You yeah, want to yeah. fight the cops, argue with them, throw up this sovereign citizen crap, don't want to roll your window down two inches and don't want to give them your damn driver's license and registration, then you're probably going to have some type of issue with the police. But for everyday, regular, normal people out there who don't have a problem with handing them your damn driver's license or you know just being respectful, going through the motions of getting your ticket or getting your warning, most of us, we end up going home to live, live, our, live our wonderful life. Okay, but works with normal people. Police officer, that is justification to beat the shit out of. Most cops don't just up and start beating the shit out of people just for the sake of beating the shit out of people. I never that said not, that's what it sounded like you were about to say. Or I said that I said I'm saying just being rude with a cop shouldn't constitute getting the shit being out of you. It shouldn't constitute it, but first of all. Even if you were to curse a cop out, F you, copper, you, you're on some 1920s stuff, F you, copper, <laughs> more than likely, they ain't finna pull their piece out and blast you. They ain't finna just start whooping on you most times. I'm pretty sure cops get cursed out every single day. You think they ain't used to it? I'm yeah. ex-military. When I was in Afghanistan, I'm I used to come across a bunch of Afghanis I'm pretty sure they were cursing me out in their Afghan language every single day. Not once did I take my M4 and, and butt them upside the damn head. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah. what, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is this. Let's be, let's be real here and stop looking at what we see on social media and the news and actually apply common sense to your real damn life and what you think goes on and what type of interactions typically go on. This all, all what I'm saying revolves around political theory and social theory. This has nothing to really deal with social media. Let's stop talking in social and political theory and let's start talking about real life and, and practical applications here. See, that's the problem. A lot of y'all get caught up in theory and want to totally skip and bypass practical application. What actually goes on in real life? Okay, I I agree. But I'm just saying this still doesn't mean that police brutality isn't an issue. It's not. I just, I mean, I don't, I don't know how we can sit here and argue this. You have a onesie and twosie of a case that goes wrong and is questioned. And it, and, and, and it only becomes an issue if the so-called victim is black, because if it's a white person, don't nobody give a damn about them people. Right. So do you think that woman, Kim Potter, should do you think she, she should be in jail? Yes, she should be in jail. She should be in jail for the fact that she's a 26-year veteran. She should have known the difference between her firearm and her taser. Like, there was no excuse for that. So, yes, she has to go sit down. I agree. 
I agree. Just like I think Derek Chauvin should be in jail too, not for a uh, first degree murder, but for some type of negligent homicide or something like that. Like I think he should have went to jail for that too. I, don't I agree. Think, I don't think he should be in jail for the rest of his life though. I agree. So I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. But I'm saying I'm, I'm getting these vibes from you that you sound like you have bought into the social media and mainstream narrative. I don't I'm not getting my views from social media and mainstream narrative. I'm getting my views based on based on political theory and social theory, to be honest, and how I see the state. And it's role in our society. I want you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to just go outside, live your regular random life, driving back and forth to your job, to the grocery store, to your friends, whatever it is that you well, do. Some people have different realities. I'm like a, I'm a big, I'm a big black nigga. Asking you to do, as you're out there living your regular random life on any random day, just pay attention to all the police. That well, that doesn't really work. That doesn't really work to be honest, because people have different realities. I'm a big black nigga. You can't compare my reality with a small, old, elderly white lady. Yeah, I can. No, you can't. Just, just go out there and live your life, bro. You, you're a big black nigga who says you've never had a bad interaction with the police. You sound like an elderly white lady. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably, but it's different. It is different for every. It's different for everyone, though. Okay. Well, like I say, just report back to me how often you see cops whooping on niggas, especially big black niggas like you. Like how often? And then if you do see it, take a minute and pause and figure out why was this cop whooping on this dude? Because here's the thing, whether the cop is right or wrong, I can almost bet, I can almost bet that that Negro that you see or whoever they more than likely did something to attract the attention of the police to them. And then when the police came to them, they didn't just get there, just start cooperating. They more than likely started acting like a nigga. Like I can almost 100% guarantee that's what happened. Almost. I'm not going to say 100%, but I'm going to say 99%. <laughs> but Do you I know that back in the day that the police, like the cops, would just brutalize niggas just willy nilly. You know that, right? In the day, bro, I get it. We're, we're in the year 2021, about to roll over into 2022. This ain't 1942, bro. So we don't have to go all the way back I, to Jim Crow. We ain't even got to go back to the 80s. Let's focus on what's taking place right now because we can't do nothing about what happened in the past. All we can do is control what happens today, moving into the future. A lot of learn from lessons of the past. A lot of people use the justification of Malcolm X talked about it. Just because a place is fucking, uh, just because a place is deemed as being real violent and stuff, right? Uh, the cop almost has more justification to use uh, force, and he's allowed to be. Um, he's judged more leniently on how he uses force because of how people have deemed this certain area well do you blame them if you go into it listen malcolm x i mean malcolm x said malcolm x was talking about how unfair this what this was and how it led to more force well let, let's think about this here if you go into an area that is known for having high crime do you really fault a police officer or anybody that goes into that area and they're kind of on guard 
Like, let's no, just I don't, I, of course not. The hood. Of course not. You as a regular random citizen, I guarantee your demeanor kind of changes when you're in the hood as opposed to when you're in the affluent white side of town. Of you're course. A little bit more on guard in the hood. Of course. So what are we talking about here? I'm saying <laughs> that a lot of cops, they use that justification to be brutal with many of the citizenry in that in that area. I don't I mean can that be proven or is that just an uh, uh, an opinion that you're stating? It can't be totally proven but it's almost it's pretty much quite it's pretty much reality to you me. Know, there, you know there there's probably some Billy badass cops out there that want to you know slide over the hood and start whooping niggas. I mean there's there's always going to be an element out there like that. Right? Nobody's going to say that they don't exist. But I agree. I'm willing, to bet, I'm willing to bet a lot of that sentiment that they may have has probably come from countless interactions that they've had over the years. Have you, do you know, have you seen the uh, show The Wire? You just don't want to do have the you, right thing. Have you seen the show The Wire? Yeah, I, I, The Wire is 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 one of my favorite shows. I've seen. Remember that when he he, he uh, hits the the one kid. Uh, oh yeah, the, the the cop that stole the ring from the kid. Yeah, I know you're talking about. No, no, not, not that. Is that him? Was that he? He stole the but he. I'm pretty sure he he hit the kid in the eye with his with his uh with his pistol yeah. and lost the kid. Oh, 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 oh yeah, 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 I know you're talking about. That was um, Presbyluski. Those was in the project. Yeah, it was Presbyluski, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. You yeah, go ahead. So finish your point. He couldn't do that in the suburbs. Of course he couldn't. But here's the thing. Do you think every cop out there that works in the community? No, I never said that. I never said that. I never said that. Oh, okay. Oh, I mean, pre the Presbalewski is like a one-off, right? All of them. I don't out. know about that. I don't totally know about that. All right. Well, we're just gonna have to agree to disagree on that point. But okay. the, the thing we can't, I think we can't agree on is you go into certain communities that have a known reputation. Whether you're a cop or a civilian, all of our demeanor changes. We're all on the lookout. Our, our head is on an extra swivel. Of course, I agree. I agree. But the difference between us and the cops is the cops, when they're in those environments, they tend to have way more interactions with the local savages than you and I, especially if we don't live in that area. Like, of I course. go to the hood to go get some chicken. And then... When the street lights come on, I get the hell up out the hood and go back to the white folks I live around. Of course. <laughs> That's what I do. Same here. Same here. <laughs> well, uh, really you know, the, how come you uh, let me ask you this? So you you a big black nigga. How come you don't live in the hood, bro? Come on, be honest. I've had a good, had a good life. What does that mean? I mean, I don't really, I really haven't need, I don't really, I haven't really need to really be in the hood, to be honest. Who who you live around? You live in the burbs? Is it like mostly white? Yeah, I grew up in the burbs. Yeah. Oh, so you were oh you were raised in the burbs? Yeah. So you don't want to move back to uh, the community, the hood, and get connected with your peoples? I mean, I would love to. You know, I would love to. You know, spruce up the area. Maybe try to. I would want to improve the area. To be honest. What's stopping you from doing that? Uh, I I would I would do it. I, I any any time right. To be honest, well, when I have the time, well, I will maybe after school, after I finish school, after I finish grad grad school. What you in school for? Like computer science, AI. 
Oh, okay. You got one of them already smarty Negro degrees. Shout out to you. I preach that. I mean, I got I got a master's in IT, my damn self. But that's cool. Let me tell you what's gonna happen with you, bro. This is what's gonna happen. How old are you? Twenty-four. Oh, oh God. All right, I'm forty-one. I, I've I've lived quite a few years, right? In comparison to you, let me tell you what's gonna happen to you. You're gonna go back to the community. You being a what Mr. Fantastic, another YouTuber calls a BABG, a big ass black guy. That's what that stands for. How tall are you? Like six three, six two. Okay, you're six three, six two. You're two inches, one or two inches taller than me. So you classify as a BABG, a big ass black dude, big ass black guy. But here's the difference, right? You're gonna go into the community and you've been raised in the burbs with all them white folks and Hispanics, and you got a computer, you about to get your master's degree in computer science. You're going to go to the community and they're going to run your pockets, nigga. <laughs> they're going to run you the hell up out of there because you might look like them, but you ain't one of them. Uh, okay, yeah, I know. Values. You're going to come in there talking all extra articulate. You're going to come in there with your pants pulled up, with your docker pants on. You're going to do. <laughs> I'm not saying that you can't go in there, but let's just keep it a buck, bruh. Fantasies of you going to the hood to clean some shit up, nigga. They might whoop your ass for cleaning up their broken bottles that they want on the ground out. I mean, that's <laughs> kind of how it is. I don't yeah. know how you venture out there, but I'm just saying, take any random hood in America. That's kind of what the culture is out there. I agree, but who else is gonna try to do it? If what well, who else is gonna be like a leader for the people? White people. Listen, hood niggas will listen to white people. White people will come up there, open up some YMCA's. They'll come up there, open up some community centers. Niggas will listen to them. <laughs> they'll, so, they'll take them serious. I don't think that's totally true, to be honest. Huh? I don't think that's totally true. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't think that's totally true because, like, niggas are real. They kind of. Like it almost like they'll just vote for some person because they're black. You know what I'm saying? You said they'll they, go for some part person just because they're black? Yes. What? No, they won't. So elaborate, elaborate, please. Meaning that he or she, oh, just because they're we think they're black, they have the same they look like us, they have the same same skin color skin color as us, we'll vote for them. All right. So you're you're talking about what's okay. We're talking about you actually going into the community of your own free will and accord to try to help and spruce up. Right. Not some political stuff. Vote for me and I, I'll get you some free book bag. You know, none of that crap. We're talking about you just going into the community to try to help out, especially coming from your background. I don't, I don't, you're going to basically, you're, you're an outsider. You're going to need an insider that you can work with to help do whatever it is that you're trying to do is what I'm trying to tell you. Right. You ain't just gonna be able to go out to some random street in the hood. Hey, I'm a I'm a six foot two big ass black guy with a computer science degree. I'm here to help you Negroes out. Come on over here, little Negro. Grab this broom and let's clean some shit up. Man, you gonna end up on the six o'clock news, bro. <laughs> uh, I don't think <laughs> I'll probably start with the young niggas. To be honest, I want to start with n niggas that are just kind of pretty much just over for them. You can't do anything for them type of niggas. Let me, let me educate you about young niggas, right? Unless you catching these young niggas coming straight out the womb in the hospital, no. 
you don't look listen little niggas we call them jits i live in florida little jits down here starting at like the age of five some of them are savages at the age of five bro they, they they're being raised in a household full of savages or or super hood mentalities unless you catch them coming straight out the womb soon as the mama pops them out you snatch the baby and run to the other side of town good luck i mean i'm not saying that you can't do it but you are up against it's an uphill battle in a lot of instances bro five-year-olds are real impression so mike tyson right well, the reason why i'm saying five okay oh so you're about to get okay go ahead finish your thought go ahead say that mike tyson was it he was like 13 years old and the toy he was robbing houses robbing still snatching niggas chains and shit mm -hmm. and he got totally converted well, not totally but all right so what are you what are you what are you purposely leaving out of this story about mike tyson what he what about what, what am i purposely leaving out? where was mike tyson living brownsville where did he go to live okay all right Mike Tyson, when he finally got his mind right and started taking boxing seriously, he wasn't living in the hood anymore. He had moved in with his damn trainer or his family or something like that. Is, is, is that not correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. He was taken up out of that environment is what I'm telling you. Right? That's why Tyson ended up becoming the man he is, even though he still had a bunch of problems. But he was at least removed from that environment. To where he can put most of his energy into perfecting his craft of boxing. If you had left him in the hood like that, it's kind of like with LeBron James. LeBron James, they took him out the hood, put him in that affluent high school, and next you know he's on the cover of ESPN before he even graduates high school. So you think that if he was still, if he was at the at the hood school still, he wouldn't have accomplished. Would he he wouldn't be the person he wouldn't be the person he is today or something? LeBron, no, LeBron still would have been a great basketball player, but the odds of something bad happening to him would have went up drastically. Because you got this super talented high school basketball player surrounded by a bunch of jealous, talentless niggas. That's not a good combination. When you're in the hood, and this is why a lot of rappers leave. They get money, they leave. The smart ones. They got a talent that can make them a lot of money. And the first thing they do is pack their crap and get the hell up out of there because they don't want to be the next Nipsey Hustle or the next uh, Young Dolph or name any other rapper. And LeBron, if he had stayed in the hood and excelled as a basketball player, there his odds of something bad happening to him just because of who he was and the talent he had were going to go up drastically just because of the environment he was in. He would have been in, but he went. He ended up going to that white high school. It became who he is today because he was surrounded by a bunch of people that don't have a documented, long storied history of celebrating doing crap to the talented uh, black folks, to, to the talented people of their group. Just like you, you come around there. I got a master's. You, you say you got a, you're working on your master's in computer science. Yeah. You know, you sound like you talk proper, yada, yada, yada. You're probably dressed decent. I'm assuming you don't dress like a savage or, you know, no, your typical hood attire. No nigga tr trinkets for me. No yeah. nigga trinkets. Bruh, you're gonna, they're gonna look at you funny style. 
and you're probably going to have problems. If you just come in there on a solo dolo mission and you don't have somebody to speak for you or to vouch for you. I mean, that's just kind of how it goes, man. Of course, but it would be a kind of like an organ. It would be an organized program and there would be, I would like frame it like there would be incentives for our young, our young children. All right, man, you got, you got a lot of optimism. I'm not, listen, I applaud your optimism, but you know, the reality is we've had programs for decades, eons and eons. So are you just giving up on niggas or something? Listen, I'm not giving up on them. I'm just saying you got an uphill, you got an uphill battle, bro. Because here's the thing. You want to go out there and mentor the young babies, five, six, 10 years old, whatever. You got to remember, they're not living with you. They're going to go back home to those same environments and be raised by these same people that put those hood rat values into them. That's you why I'm proposing hours with that kid. Not saying that you can't have an impact, but you got to remember the majority of their time, they're surrounded by a bunch of, you know, in most instances, surrounded by a bunch of people that don't give a fuck about any of that stuff you're talking about. I'm, I'm, that's why I propose that maybe we should create a boarding school for Dr. Umar Johnson trying to do that. Go do donate to his school, man. Yeah, I, I, I had a, I had a, I, I, I uh, was thinking about if I got enough money to have a boarding school where for young black kids that would focus on, well, underprivileged kids in general to focus on like technology and entrepreneurship, you know, get them ready so they can go back to their communities and start businesses and technology and stuff, you know, try to. That's what uh, Nipsey Hussle was trying to do. You saw what happened to him, right? I'm just saying Nipsey Hussle, he was investing into these STEM programs for kids in the community. And you saw this one nigga came up and just blasted him. Yeah. But I don't think that was because it was because of that. I, I, I think it was because, you know, no, niggas that. It wasn't just that particular thing. The point I'm making is the dude that killed him had serious issues that probably stemmed from some type of jealousy. Yeah, I said niggas is a successful nigga from the hood, and he got the audacity to come back to the hood and put other people on and try to do things for the kids. And I can't do nothing for my community but be a savage. He got to get up out of here. I mean, that's just how twisted some of these niggas think, man. No, I agree. I that's why we need more police. I, I agree. We need we need more police. To be honest, I agree. Isn't that gonna Isn't that gonna up the um the police brutality that you believe is running rampant though? <laughs> yes, maybe. But I guess we would need to just have a, a a better watchful eye on police conduct to try to curb some of that police brutality. All right. So, I don't have an issue with people watching the cops. I'm a, I'm in favor of of uh, uh, body cams and all that crap. I'm not saying that they should be out there just running a wild and loose, all just all willy-nilly all over the place, but I just think people that need to be quality, people that uh, that you pick for your so-called tribunal, it needs to be people that have a some, some type of background, whether they've done it professionally or they've studied it intensely to where they can accurately gauge the behaviors and actions that a cop may have done in a questionable I, situation as opposed to just some random person you pull off the street. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. There should be some type of training. Yeah. There should All be right. Some, yeah. All right. Well, good conversation. I hope we can have it again. Appreciate you coming through. Oh, you weren't scared to come up here like um, Bishop Eddie in the comments. Appreciate that. Yeah. I think we had a good discourse. We should do this All again. Right. Well, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're young, bright. You're a young man. 
Yeah, you getting your master's in computer science. Keep pushing, my, my young dude. And, um, you know, hopefully things will work out and you can go out there and save Wakanda and all that wonderful stuff, man. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> all right, bro. All right. Me, Appreciate it. Yep. All right. So we have one person who wasn't scared to come up. One person ain't scared to come up. Don't be all listen. If you go listen, I, I dropped the link. Y'all know me. I don't normally do panels. I don't normally invite y'all up here because you know I don't like talking to half y'all in real life. <laughs> but now I'm like, screw that. I want to hear your actual voice and you express your sentiments. Because see, here's the thing: anybody can sound already smarty in the comments when you're typing. I want to hear what you actually sound like and how you actually express your vowels and your consonants. Can you put a proper sentence together? Can you take the thoughts out of your brain and make them come fluidly out your mouth? I want to hear that. Don't just bang your Twitter thumbs out to death. Get them thumbs a rest. Come on up here and, and give me the business. If you think, uh, if you think I'm an intellectual wannabe, or if you think I'm uh, being emasculated by the white man that Bishop Eddie says, come on up here and prove how I'm being emasculated by the white man and how I'm so wrong in all my assessments. Come on up here. Let the world hear your opinions. It ain't nothing but 34 people. I don't, I'm not doing Kevin Samuel numbers over here, so you ain't got to worry about your mom and them finding my YouTube channel. You know what I'm saying? Come on up here. Come on up here, Bishop Eddie, and prove to me that I'm a wannabe intellectual. I'm just a nigga running my mouth on YouTube. Come on up here and uh, tell me to my face, bruh. I'll be respectful to you. I'm not going to overtalk you and cut you off like Jason Black and all these other YouTubers. I'm going to let you speak for yourself. Come on, Cletus. Come on, Cletus. Hit the link. All you got to do is hit the link. You ain't even got to cam up. I don't even need to see what you look like. But I'm just saying, if you got some, if you, you got a whole lot to say in these comments, come on up here and let everybody hear your thoughts. You know what I mean? If you think I'm wrong, you think I hate black people. Listen, I'm the biracial babbler. The mad mulatto. Right? I'm probably one of the few Negroes in all the black YouTube that does more for niggas than anybody else out here and can prove it. Do I got to pull up my, my other YouTube channel? I hate to keep doing this because I know some of y'all get tired of seeing it, but we're going we gonna to look at it again. Y'all know what I'm about to show you. Y'all know what I'm about to show you. This is how much I hate my people. As soon as this thing loads up. So I got a whole website over here that I educate Negroes in tech. Something I've been doing for almost 20 years. I decided to take my 20 years of education and knowledge and practical application of working in the career field and impart it onto the Negro delegation for free 99. Right? I'm a certified partner to teach this crap for free 99, right? To teach you Negroes how to get into IT. So you can go out there and get this tech money, right? 
I got a whole channel out in these streets. Right? I got a whole channel out in these streets where you can go watch a whole library that I've put together as soon as this thing loads up to show you Negroes how to get into IT so you can go out there and get to this money. And you ain't even got to go to college to do any of this crap. I put this on YouTube for free. I got, how many classes I got? I got how many? One, two, three. I got four classes up. I'm, well, I'm about to finish this one. And I'm about to have another class up. All this stuff will get you into a cybersecurity role within the next six months if you wanted to. I do this for free on YouTube, free 99. On YouTube. I passed. I passed. Somebody hit me with a copy. Well, I passed, passed, passed. We, we just keep scrolling. We just keep scrolling. All these people pass, right? All these people. We, we going to keep scrolling for days. I'm not even going to, I'm, I'm going to stop scrolling. You can go click on my Instagram, my Instagram over here. I don't think, I don't know if it's going to open it up and show it. Is it? Oh, here it is. You can go follow me on Instagram. You can see all this wonder, all, all these, all these doggone people who pass. Now, here's the thing: the majority of the people are not black people. <laughs> the majority of the people are not black people. So I created this channel because I was like, let me go ahead and do something for the community. Let me help these Negroes out. Y'all out here getting laid off during the pandemic. Y'all out here about to get replaced by robots. Y'all out, you know, y'all y'all out here doing all this other crazy crap. Let me go ahead and give you Negroes a solution where you can make money in a career field that is in demand, a career field that has a shortage of almost five hundred thousand people. Like there is a literal shortage. It's so bad that the Biden administration is dumping like $10 billion into cybersecurity alone if they get this budget passed or whatever. That's how bad it is out there. I work in an industry where it's only like 7% black folks. I go to work, or most jobs I've worked, I was like the only black person around. And go ask anybody in IT, they'll give you a similar story. They're almost always the only black person there. I was like, what can I do? Let me go ahead and create some content to educate these Negroes in the community. All you got to do is watch YouTube videos. Now, if you want more advanced stuff, then you got to pay me. But I at least, here's the thing, I give you the quote unquote textbook for free. Most people would charge you for this information. I put the quote, quote unquote textbook. All these videos are technically the quote unquote textbook. So imagine me just passing out textbooks. Now, if you want the extra additional training to help ensure you pass and get the job, then you got to pay me. But I at least give you the book for free, right? 
That's what I do for the, the community, Bishop uh, Eddie. That's what I do. While you're in the comments all day questioning my blackness, talking about I'm emasculated, I can put I can put stuff on the screen to where I'm probably one of the a handful of YouTubers in black YouTube in the black manosphere that can actually produce results for niggas. Go find me another YouTuber who can do this. Go find me another one that can actually take a random person out there that's in this space and within four to six months or maybe as much as a year, have them working in a brand new job, making way more, making more money or on a path to making more money to where they can be earning about six figures in the next three to five years. Go find me another YouTuber with a documented track record like this in this space. Bishop Eddie, you ain't going to find one in the entire manosphere. I am the only one. The only one. Well, there are two others. But I'm the I'm I'm probably the only one. <laughs> but but niggas don't even take advantage of it. You know what I mean? So, you know, we got that going on. But uh anyways, so I'm going to drop this link again in case anybody want to come up here. You know, y'all want y'all want to, you know what I'm saying? A path to emasculation. He says, I have a path. All right. Well, what's your path? Here's what Bishop Eddie's going to say. We need to start businesses. All right, Eddie, this is a business. I have a business. <laughs> People can take my information and go start their own business. You ain't even got to go get a job. You can take this stuff and go start your own business. Like, this is how thorough my shit is, right? But what you going to tell me? You're going to come up here. We need to start our own businesses. All right, business is doing what, Eddie? What are we going to do? The Bible has a plan. Oh, oh. so, okay. So he, he wants us to go worship white Jesus. All right, I'm done talking to him. Bishop Eddie wants us to go worship white Jesus. Okay. All right, I'm done with Eddie. That's it. That's all I got for Eddie. <laughs> I ain't got nothing else to say to Eddie. He wants y'all to go worship white Jesus, y'all. So y'all go worship white Jesus. And, uh, you know, make it do what it do. So, you know, that's that. So, uh, anyways, uh, Dante Wright, ladies and gentlemen. Dante Wright. Dante Wright, right? He had to get up out of here. He was, he was just doing too much, y'all. Kim Potter, yes, she has to go to jail. There's no excuse for her not knowing what side of her utility belt her firearm and her taser was on. She has to go to jail. She was a 26-year veteran police officer. You cannot be making mistakes like that. She has to go to jail. But she possibly saved somebody's life because Dante Wright was on a path to killing somebody. He already met. Let me pull it. Let me pull it back up. Let's go through it again in case you missed it. Dante Wright. Your man, Dante Wright. As soon as he's, this thing loads up. Your man, Dante Wright, in May of 2019. This was his friend right here. Caleb, whatever his last name is, 
In May of 2019, Dante Wright shot this kid point blank range in the head. This kid survived, but now he is permanently disabled, stuck in a wheelchair for the rest of his life where he needs 24-hour care. And the bullet is still in his head. This is what Dante Wright did to his own friend. Shot him point blank range. Put his friend in a wheelchair and disabled him for life. That's what Dante Wright did. He did that in May of 2019. November of 2019, let's scroll down and find it. November of 2019, Dante Wright robbed this, attempted to rob this white chick. Her. He put a gun to her, strangled her, and tried to take her $850 of rent money that she had on her. He did that in November of 2019. Let's scroll down some more. Back in 2017, as soon as this thing loads up, it's going to show a picture of a black dude here. This black dude has a son that used to be friends with Dante. Dante goes over to this guy's house when his son isn't there and tries to break into the house. But the father just happened to be there and caught Dante in the act. So not only does he shoot his friends in the head, he attempts to break into his own friend's house, a different friend. But he did something else to another friend. They don't have a picture of it, but this part talks about how three weeks, three weeks before Dante was killed by that cop, he shot his other, he shot another friend, shot him in the leg and hit an artery to where this kid almost bled out, beat the kid, probably pistol whipped him, stole his car, his wallet, and his phone. He did this three weeks before he got killed by the cop to a high school friend. So he shoots, he, he tries to break into one of his friend's house. May 2019, he shoots his other friend in the head. Luckily, that kid lived. November 2019, he robs that. He tries to rob that white girl and chokes her. And then March 21st, 2021, three weeks before Dante was killed, he shot a high school classmate in the leg and hit an artery and almost killed this kid and then stole his car. So I say, I say Kim Porter or Kim Potter, because Kim Porter, I think that's Diddy's ex-girl. Kim Potter, Kim Potter did the community a great deed. She got this nigga the hell up out of here. Yes, she got to go to jail. Kim Potter sacrificed her freedom for the greater safety of Minneapolis because this dude was out of control. Look how he treated his own friends. Look at how he treated his own friends, y'all. 
How do you shoot your own friend in the head, a childhood friend? You break into your other friend's house. You rob your other friend, shoot him in the leg and steal his car. Kim Potter sacrificed her freedom for the greater safety of the Minneapolis community. She's a hero. She got this Negro the hell up out of here. So everybody else in Minneapolis can sleep sound knowing that Dante ain't out there roaming them streets because this nigga was out of control. He had to go. He was on the verge of killing somebody. This dude was worse than George Floyd. So that's my, I'm going to drop this link one more time in case anybody want to come up. If not, I'm about to shut it down and get up out of here. And I'm not interested in talking to white Jesus, Bishop Eddie. As soon as he said, we need to go talk to white Jesus, I was done. I'm like, no, I'm good. I am good on that. But she, she, he had to go. Now, in reference to the dude that did come up here, who thinks police brutality is a, is a severe thing. Police brutality is only an issue to people who don't know how to act like a civilized human being around the police. That's the only people that have problems with the police. If you go out there and the cop pulls you over and you go through the motions of giving them your driver's license and registration and, you know, being calm, cool, and collective, ready to accept your ticket, ready to uh, get released on a warning or ready to get arrested because you got a warrant and you act all peaceful, chances are you ain't going to get brutalized. Chances are you ain't going to get shot. But the moment you start acting erratic and getting crazy and now you want to start tussling and, and going through the motions of getting physically into some type of physical altercation with the cops, well, guess what? You're probably the person that needs to worry about police brutality. I mean, that's how this works. Normal, everyday, regular people do not worry about police brutality because we're not out there doing stupid stuff to put ourselves in the positions of getting brutalized. That's just not how this works. But, 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 but what about Botham John? Botham John getting shot in his apartment by Amber Geiger is a one-off. That is not the standard. That is a we can find a onesie and twosie all over the place. But compare that onesie and twosie to the total interactions that happen every single day. 18,000 police departments across America, y'all. 18,000. How many interactions do you think they have with the general public every single day? Like I said, if you took 18,000 police departments, let me put this on big screen. If you took 18,000 police departments and all of them had just one, just one interaction, the entire police department just has one interaction with one black person every single day for a calendar year, that comes out to be like 7 million interactions. And out of all those interactions, you'll be lucky if you have about 50 black folks that get brutalized and are killed by the cops. And then out of those 50, you'll probably be lucky if you can find 
uh, uh, 10 of them that were actual legit instances of police brutality. Because <laughs> you notice when they when they talk about all the people that got killed by the cops, you'll notice they rarely ever talk about how many of those killings were justified. They only talk about the ones that are in question and that make the news. But the sad reality, well, I ain't going to say the sad. The reality is a lot of those instances where somebody does get killed, oftentimes it comes back to where it was justified. And so here we go. Ahmaud Arbery is a one-off. <laughs> he is. Ahmaud Arbery doesn't happen every day. There's a jogging trail next to my house. I see niggas out there jogging all the time. Ain't nobody calling the police on them yet. Ahmaud Arbery ain't the standard. The problem is y'all like to maximize the minimum. Black social media and mostly left-wing uh, media has conditioned you all to maximizing the minimum. They'll highlight Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, run it 24-7. You, you actually think that this is happening every single day to where you got stupid people like LeBron James coming out here talking about, man, we can't even jog. Nigga, shut your super rich ass up. We can't even jog. I see people the day uh, the, the day Ahmaud Arbery became a household name. I saw niggas outside jogging. <laughs> I thought about going for a jog just to see if it was true. I went out there for a casual stroll because you know I ain't running no damn where. But that's how this works. So no, police brutality ain't a real thing. It's only a real thing to people who have no plans of being cooperative with the police when they get caught up. That's it. You get pulled over for a speeding ticket or a broken taillight, accept your L. You want to start fighting? All right, well, you might have to get brutalized. The, the, the chance of you getting brutalized goes up. I mean, that's just how this works. But those of us with common fucking sense, we're not out here fighting people. We're not out here fighting the police. But I tell you, I tell you, I tell you guys this all the time. The people that are the loudest about this police brutality crap are people who rarely, if ever, have any interactions with the police. Just go go live your regular random life, everybody. Listen to all your Looney Tune liberal friends, all your BLM and pro-black friends out there. The ones who are the loudest about police brutality are Negroes who rarely, if ever, have any type of interaction with the police. I challenge you, go out there and start paying attention to the people who are saying this crap. They are the loudest ones, yet they rarely, if ever, have any type of interaction with the police. You know why they do it? Because they want to seem black online. I got niggas in my family, certified Pookie and Ray Rays, that have had plenty of interaction with the police. And guess what? Now one of the, I, I've yet to hear one of them complain about being brutalized. I got an uncle that went to jail for attempted murder. Used to sell all types of cocaine back in the day and went to jail for attempted murder 
He'd been out of jail for at least 15 years now. Spent damn near the entire 90s locked up in prison. That nigga is pro-police like a motherfucker. He will call the police on your ass with the quickness. And he ain't never been beat up by no cops. Every time he got arrested, he, he, he realized he was caught, put his hands up, and let the cops put the cuffs on him. That's how every interaction went when he got caught. And he knew he was caught. So he didn't even try to fight it. At that moment, he fought it out later in court to the best of his abilities. But even though my uncle was a pookie and a savage, because like I say, he did go to jail for attempted murder. <laughs> but um, he still had the wherewithal not to do something stupid when the cops was arresting him. He knew that that wasn't a good idea. Like I say, he's been out of prison for probably about 15, 16, 17 years now. Ain't been, ain't broke a law since. That joker will call the police on your ass in a heartbeat. <laughs> As he should. But the rest of y'all, like Bishop Eddie, running around here making up racism every five seconds, is only because it's cool to do. It gets you kudos on social media. You get to seem woke. Woke is like the new badge. It's, it's a badge you can put on your resume. I'm woke. You get like a woke badge. I'm going to make some woke badges. You get a woke badge. You put your woke badge on your LinkedIn or something like that. People look at your resume or something. I don't freaking know. I think that's, that's all it is. That's all it is. Look at me, y'all. I'm woke. I'm cool. I'm down with the cause. I'm black because I'm woke. Yes, police brutality is real. Yes, yes. Even though I've never had an interaction with the police, but the police is beating us up. Look, look what they was doing to us 100 years ago. Well, nigga, it's almost 2022, but still. 1922. Nigga, were you alive? No, but still. <laughs> That's how stupid y'all sound. White supremacy. <laughs> They, they's holding us back. But you over here talking about we need to read the Bible. Isn't, isn't uh, the Bible probably the, uh, the, 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 the birth of white supremacy <laughs> in some form? You over here crying about white supremacy and police brutality, but you over here talking about we need to go read the Bible. You probably got a picture of white Jesus hanging on your wall right now. But that's cool. Do what you do. I'm not knocking your religion. But that's how stupid y'all sound because y'all y'all are so gullible and buy into this social media left-wing media crap that don't realize it's all about money. I told you, this is why I think Negroes are Manchurian. Listen, if you have never seen the movie Manchurian Candidate, you need to go watch it. You need to go watch it with Denzel Washington. Manchurian Candidate. How do you spell that? You need to go watch this movie, Manchurian Candidate. Manchurian Candidate is the greatest analogy to, to modern day black people that I can think of. All you have to do, all white people or anybody has to do is say the N word 
or they have to all they got to all you got to do just say something is racist or a, a white cop did something to a black person or a white person did something to a black person black people go into this trance and get mentally teleported back to the to antebellum slavery and jim crow i'm talking about people who are young who were born like 20 years ago they get mentally teleported back to a time that they never lived in and they honestly think that they're in that time frame it's just like this movie manchurian candidate black folks are this movie when they sit around here and literally make up racism every five minutes make up police brutality even though they can never find documentation to support it they'll pull a onesie and twosie ahmaud arbery nigga how many people got ran into the uh, uh ran into the cops or ran into a white person that same day ahmaud arbery ran into him and didn't have a didn't have a problem It's like how the media is with this whole COVID thing. We all gonna die as soon as we catch it. How many people don't caught it and haven't died? Yes, we're almost at a million, but it's still three hundred something million people in this damn country. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But this is what black folks are, Manchurian candidates, man. So so easily manipulated, and it's it's so sad at this point. It is so sad at this point that you are, every, every last one of y'all claim to be so smart, but you're so dumb at the same time. And when you believe this crap, it's one thing to, to, to not know something and then you're seduced by the likes of a Tariq Nasheed and everybody else. And you're like, oh man. But it's another thing once you start hearing the numbers, seeing the data, and then you still choose to remain stupid. You still choose to be stupid after seeing the reality of the crap. That's where that's where it becomes a problem. And this is from the so-called good black folks that never do anything to attract the attention of the police. They are the loudest about this crap. But they ain't got damn near all of them got a spotless criminal record. That's right, a 98% survival rate. This is insane, right? But this is, this is where we are. That's why you need me. You need this coon babble. You need it. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Y'all going to eventually wake up. You ain't got no choice but to wake up. You're either going to wake up now and get down with the program of doing what I tell you to do in terms of moving your life forward. I'm not talking about just doing tech. There's only four things you need to do. There's only four things you need to do, especially as a black person in America to uh, make it. All you need to do, first thing, is graduate high school. That's it. Just graduate high school and learn how to read, write, and do math at, a, at your age level to where you can function in society. That's the first thing you need to do. Just graduate high school. I ain't saying nothing about college, tech school. I said just graduate high school. Know how to read, write, and do math and be able to function in society. Second thing you need to know how to do, do not become a baby mama or a baby daddy. 
Do not become a baby mama or a baby daddy. Do not go out there and create kids before you can afford to take care of them. Do not create kids without uh, with, with a man or woman that you don't plan on being with for a long time. Do that. That's the second thing you need to do. Third thing you need to do. Do not go out there and do stuff to purposely get yourself arrested. Don't be out there slanging dope, hitting licks, you know, doing all the stuff that purposely attracts the attention of the police. <clears throat> Avoid getting a criminal record to the best of your abilities. And the fourth thing you need to do, learn a skill that somebody is willing to pay you for. You don't have to go to college. You don't have to go to tech school. Learn a skill that somebody is willing to pay you for because they don't want to do it themselves. And then once you learn that skill, become good at it. I always give the example of the Mexican guy that cuts my grass. I know how to cut grass. I've been cutting grass since I was like 10 years old. At one point, in the military, I used to cut so much grass, I thought that that was my job. But here I am at the ripe old age of 41. I got a lawnmower sitting in my garage that I ain't used in probably a year and some change because I would rather pay my Mexican guy $100 a month to come through and cut my grass so I don't have to be out there on a Saturday in the Florida sun suffering heat stroke. And plus, his cutting grass skills look better than mine. So I get to sleep in and all I got to do is just pay him a hundred dollars a month. And he makes my yard look immaculate. And I'm pretty sure he didn't go to college to learn how to cut grass. I'm pretty sure he didn't learn, go to tech school to learn how to cut grass. He probably went to home Depot, bought him a riding lawnmower and an edger and got busy. Pat made a couple business cards on, on Vistaprint, passed them shits out, and got busy. Because I know in my neighborhood alone, he cuts at least 10 houses out here. All of us pay him at least $100 a month. That's just my neighborhood. So I'll repeat it again. That's why, I, that's why I'm not hearing this whole racism, white supremacy, police brutality crap. All you need to do, graduate high school, know how to read, write, and do math. Do not become a baby mom or a baby daddy. Do not go to jail and learn a skill and become good at it. You do those four things right there. Can't nobody stop you in America, baby. Can't nobody stop you. You are going to go up on an upward trajectory. That's the only way you can. That's the only, assuming you got good health and assuming you got you can manage your money. Those are the only two little caveats. Maintain decent health and learn how to budget your money. You do those things, America is yours, baby, no matter what race you are, especially in this day and age, because we ain't in Jim Crow. You got a smartphone, you can go out there and do everything them white folks do and do it better than them, and they can't stop you. Matter of fact, they got laws in place to aid you if somebody tries to stop you. That's how good we got it. We, we ain't our grandparents. We ain't our great-grandparents. Stop acting like you are. Stop turning into Manchurian candidates. 
and stop celebrating the Dante rights of this world, these damn savages. Because y'all see a clip. Oh, man, they doing that to the black man. Fuck that. What did that nigga do? I ain't siding with nobody. I need to see all the facts. And right now, Dante Wright was looking like, hey, that cop may have done Minneapolis a favor because he was out of control. Anyways, I'm about to go. Light Skin Hero is my cash app. Shout out to those of y'all who hit it up. I forgot who it was, but I'll hit y'all up on the next one. And uh, y'all be easy out there. Peace.